Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. And talk about keeping it real. One of my colleagues just called me out and said, hey, I've been doing podcasts for almost 10 years and you never have commercials. I think I did for a month or two. Why not? I'm not really sure. At first it was like, oh, I don't like being interrupted by commercials and they take too long. But the truth is I really just never looked into it. And the most important thing to me is getting to promote my guests, tell their story and their journey, and I just love it. And if I can get more people to listen to it because we have sponsors, that might be a good thing. So I'm not stubborn. It is something I'm going to look into. But in the meantime, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about what I'm up to. So recently, I've been back out there again doing speaking engagements. That's right, in person. Keynote speaking engagements and workshops in master classes in person, all to do with mental and physical fitness. My big idea, life doesn't happen to you, you happen to life. And I'm having a blast. And guess what? Yes. How did I get in some of those doors? Well, it's because of you. I have the best peeps. I really do. And I really appreciate you. So if you do know any school or corporation or an organization that wants an awesome keynote speaker who's filled with a lot of energy and stories and is interactive, let me see. That's right. Just refer my way to my website, Sandy Joy Weston. Is that good? Did I do good on promoting myself? As well as, you know, I have my books, Train Your Head and Body Will Follow, 30-Day Reset Journals, and my new kids journal, Recess to Reset, uh, which is all on Amazon. What else can I tell you? I think that's it for now. It's so much fun. I love it. I love, love hosting these podcasts and my daily joys. Oh, that's right. And I do a live show. Hey, I got something to say every Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I recognize and acknowledge a woman from around the world who's making a positive difference. And if you miss it, don't worry, I record it. So is that cool? Now, my next guest, Rob, oh, let's get on to him, is incredible. He is someone that really shows you how to use technology to your advantage so that you can enjoy more of life and it doesn't bog you down and become time consuming. I love this guy. I don't think there's anyone that you wouldn't want to share this with. We all could benefit from his tips and wisdom. He was he was just terrific. Simply terrific. So share, rate, like all that fun stuff. It really does make a difference. Thanks, guys, for listening to me. Toodles. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life. And as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. What a week it's been, right? I know, I know. I had one of you say, I'm going to throw my freaking computer out the window. And I said, well, wait, wait, hold up there. 
my next guest might be able to help you not throw your computer out the window and give you some tips to actually have, wait a minute, wait a minute, the technology make your life easier. But before I bring on Rob, I hope I say it right. He'll tell me Krachak. He mm-hmm. is the, uh, oh, I got it right. Ooh, don't yeah. say anything yet. Okay. <laughs> He's there. Rob's there. He's the founder of Humans First. I like that. A consultancy that helps people understand how technology impacts mental health, relationships, and productivity at work. He's a, I love this. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but I'm going to dive deeper. He's a nine-time entrepreneur and started his career in Wall Street. In his free time, he enjoys working out, traveling, learning, and spending time with his wife, Nikki. Welcome, Rob. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Sandy. Really appreciate the opportunity and really grateful to be here. Okay, Rob, I need to know your word. One word that best describes your past 30 days and why. And I don't care what the word is. Um, Heartbreak. Oh, okay. I'm sitting down. I got my tea. (laughs) Heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Tell me why heartbreak. Oh, wow. We're going to get real, really fast, huh? Um, (laughs) Well, I didn't know. I didn't know what the word was going to be, but it was heartbreak and it came right there. So, yeah, no. well, well, first of all, I'm usually a pretty positive person, but um, what my life, what you know, my wife and I learned in the last 30 days is that um, we were not, we lost our child that uh, she oh, was God. pregnant with. So, oh, God, um, yeah, so I, so I appreciate sorry. that. Yeah, and so the, you know, it was very hard for us because we went into the 20 week uh, appointment to thinking everything was perfect. You know, we're both very fit, healthy people, and yeah. every every appointment before then was great. And you know, we learned that uh, it, there was just no no chance that the baby would survive, even if it was born. Mm-hmm. And um, but you know, interestingly, uh, the night that we learned about that, I mean, obviously, we were very devastated, and it was a very very hard couple of weeks for us. And, you know, we're still dealing with that. But yeah. um, one of the things that I said to my wife is, you know what, in a, in a weird kind of way, this is almost something that, um, you know, the, the way that I see this is this, this really puts everything in life in perspective. And, you know, you can kind of see things very differently or clearly now. Uh, and, you know, what I realized or what I thought is that like, basically all the BS that we were worrying about or all the other problems we had, those really aren't big problems. They're really not any, mm-hmm. you know, anything that really needs to be something that we worry about. And so it kind of put a lot of things in perspective for us, which was in a, in a way sort of helpful. It, it is. And I'm sorry uh, you had to go through that. And how is Nikki? How is she? Because I know oh, you said you. that's one of your favorite things is spending time with her, which I love. So let's back up a little bit. How long have you two been married? Yeah, so we got married uh, just over a year ago. Actually, our our anniversary wow. was uh, October second. Yeah. Oh, you're newlyweds. We are. Uh, yep. We our wedding got pushed back t- twice twice during COVID. So we were hope yeah. you know we actually got engaged like uh, three years ago, um, and we were supposed to get married two years ago. But uh, that's okay. That's how things go. That's how things. Where do you guys live? What part of the world are you? We just moved to Chicago from Denver so that we could be closer to family because, you know, we wanted some help with raising our family. Okay. So you just moved from the place that I dreamed to live. I love Colorado. <laughs> it is amazing. Colorado is amazing. It really is. And if we had family there, we would, you know, we would have stayed. Yeah. Um, I like Chicago. I like Chicago. It's cool. Do you mm-hmm. like it? I do. Yeah. I mean, I'm from Milwaukee, so I knew, 
you know, I've been to Chicago a bunch of times and I knew what it's all about. And I mean, it's definitely different than any other place I've lived and we're living right downtown. So I'm super, you know, super excited about that and we can walk everywhere. I really enjoy it. All right. So are you big outdoors people? Please say yes. Please say yes. Yeah. We like to hike and do all stuff outside. Absolutely. Uh, the only place I've been to a lot, I used to go every year, not during ski season, but in the summer is Breckenridge just to hike oh, yeah. and bike and kayak and whiteboard. I loved it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Beautiful. It's so beautiful there. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to switch gears here. We're, we are going to talk about technology, but did I say something about Anytime Fitness? Because you know, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life owning health clubs. So I'm thinking, wait a minute, am I wrong? Did I get the right Rob? Is it? Is this true? Yeah, I will. <laughs> I kind of describe myself as having career ADD because my first career was uh, I was at a Wall Street job. I was a sell side equity analyst researching medical device and pharmaceutical stocks. And then um, after that, I owned three Anytime Fitness health clubs. I also owned four You Break I Fix self owned repair stores. Uh, I had a technology startup and then my current consultancy, Humans First. So if you look at my career, it's sort of you know, business and finance and then health and fitness and then technology. And none of those are related whatsoever. (laughs) Um, but uh, that's why I'm excited about humans first is I'm actually combining all three of those things to help people with their technology mindfulness. Okay. So is that what it means by nine time entrepreneur? Yeah. 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 I mean, I had three, three health clubs, four self-worn and pair stores, a tech startup in my current consultancy. I love that. I've never heard that before though. Nine time entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, I'm just a one trick pony, Rob. I'm in the health <laughs> and wellness. I know what I do well and I stick in my lane. All right. So <laughs> we're going to switch and let's get back to why you're really here. Rob, can you really help people on those days? They just want to throw their computer out the window because, not because of technical support, because they're getting too locked in and upset with social media. So they want to know, is that your area or is it another area? <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because when I talk to a lot of people, they automatically assume that I'm talking about social media. And uh, don't get me wrong, I, I do think there's a lot of different ways that we could use social media better. But it's not just social media. It really encapsulates almost all technology use that we have today. Um, and you know, the statistic that I commonly share with people and I think is really illuminating is in America, and this is before COVID. So you can't say that COVID affected the statistic. We spend 12 hours and 21 minutes a day in front of screens and media. In other words, we're spending- Wait, 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 12 hours and 21 minutes. 12 hours and 21 minutes on average, right? So that, you know, there's certain people who are more than that. Yeah. And so, you know, then just by the way that we measure how we use our time, humans aren't first in our world anymore. Technology is because we're spending three quarters of our waking lives in front of screens and media. And so, you know, the name of my company, Humans First, is, uh, you know, a reminder to people that the most love and success and joy and meaning in our lives comes from being with and connecting with other people, not with technology. And and just to be clear, I'm not anti-technology. I'm pro-humanity. So I I love technology. I think it does great things. It's very helpful. It really can make humanity better. But we've kind of eclipsed the point where all technology is good. I don't believe it's all good anymore. Uh, and, And so my goal with Humans First is to educate people and bring some awareness of the ways and the things that they're, they might be doing that might not be serving them well. Mm. Okay. 
I call it sticky Wiccans, Rob. What's the biggest sticky Wiccan that doesn't serve us well with technology, in your opinion? <laughs> it's a sticky Wiccan. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, well, I would say that, you know, that, uh, I, and I hate to kind of answer this because of what you said earlier, but I do really believe that how and how much we're using social media is absolutely not healthy for nearly anyone. Um, you know, in America, we spend two hours and 14 minutes a day on social media on average. And again, mm -hmm. if you're a young person, you're probably spending three, four, five, six hours a day, sometimes more, right? I've heard, definitely mm -hmm. heard people spend more. Um, but for a, a ton of different reasons that I Wait wrote- Wait a minute, a what are they doing on it that long? I just well, wanna know. Well, the, the question is, is, uh, why, yeah, like why do they need to be on it? And the answer is you don't, right? Like there's no, there's no like real true need to be on social media six hours a day. There isn't. Um, but, you know, what's happening is, and, and I think that this is helpful for people to understand. Let's just take Facebook, for instance, you know, biggest social media company. They have mm -hmm. tens of thousands of engineers who are, and the, their number one goal, their number one metric that they are measured on is how long or how much time and attention can we take from people and keep them on the platform? How long can we keep people on Facebook? And so there's tens of thousands of people plus supercomputers that they're using to engineer that product to be as addictive as possible and get you to stay on as long as possible. And so how, you know, how do we think it would be possible that one human brain, one lowly human brain <laughs> can resist the efforts of tens of thousands of engineers plus supercomputers to make something addicting? The answer is you can't. It's that's imp almost impossible. And so that's why we're constantly being sucked into social media and a lot of other technologies because they're engineered to be addictive. They're engineered to take as much of your time and attention as possible. You know, Rob, me and social media, we have a love-hate relationship. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> uh, meaning that I stayed away from it forever because I'm a, I just like people in person, but, but after being way too stubborn, I realized there's pieces of it that are important for my business that are good. Of course. And that I could spread to around the world. So don't be so stubborn. I went mm -hmm. kicking and screaming. And then number two that I can be connected to people that I would never be connected to. Yeah. So I found out there are ways for me to enjoy social media. But I need to ask you this. And by the way, I asked my peeps, what was the number one question they have for you about this? Mm -hmm. And I'll get to some of them. But the biggest one they had is they don't know how much time and or the boundaries of social media to make an impact on their business. Like yeah. They're, and, and I can say that's for me. It's okay, I can go on, which I love doing, do a daily joy, do a tip for a minute that I'm spreading joy. I can bring, you know, have podcasts out there that I know are great or a live podcast. But as mm -hmm. far as how much, and I get criticized for this, I want to tell you how many times I didn't like other people's posts. So therefore <laughs> they're not going to promote my business. Yeah. And, or yeah. how many times I didn't go on TikTok or, and, and they're all good. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, I love you guys. It's just, I don't, I don't enjoy it. I love them. and I do want to promote them. But somebody said, well, how are we going to promote you if you won't even go on and like our stuff? Help me. Yeah. Help me, Rob. 
And, well, and I got so many questions about that. Other people feeling the same way. We we want to yeah. survive and we're told we can't survive without social media in most businesses. So what do we do? Yeah, so I, I have I have many th- many thoughts for you after that, and I tr- trust me, I get it. Um, I used to use, I actually was addicted to Facebook at one point, so like I totally get it. I understand, how, you know how you know it can be helpful, and you want to use it for your business. And I do agree. I I really do agree that there is a a very strong business purpose or business case for using social media. I absolutely think that it's a helpful thing to 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 grow your business. I absolutely believe that. But here's the way that I think about all technologies including social media. It's it's a tool just like anything else. And so any tool can be used for good or bad. For instance, I can take a hammer and construct a house that protects me from the elements and keeps me alive, or I can mm-hmm. take a hammer and hit people on the head with it. You know, so it's not the hammer in and of itself that's bad, it's how I use the hammer that's bad. And so, uh, or that can be bad, I guess. And mm-hmm. so, the, the what what I decide to do is, if I if I use social media for business, I decide I am very deliberate and intentional about how I use it and what I'm using it for. So, for instance, if my goal is to get new clients, let's say, which I'm sure tons of people listening to this use social media for that, then yes. I would say to myself, okay, I'm going to dedicate whatever, three hours a week to spending that on social media and uh, make sure that during those three hours, I'm being very deliberate and I'm only using it to uh, build my client base. And then after that, you know, maybe I, I use it for a handful of minutes for per- personal purposes. But other than that, you know, I'm not really using it a lot. Um I think the thing that's, you know, what people, <laughs> what I've heard with many people that I've worked with is, it's kind of easy for them to justify to themselves, oh, well, you know what? I'm on social media and I'm just going to browse for an hour. And that is for building client base. And yeah. maybe some of it is, but maybe some of it isn't, right? And so it's like easy to kind of make blur this line between your personal use and your business use yeah. and justify yeah. you spending a ton of extra time in there, which really isn't totally necessary. It's hard though, because you're right. It's all the same. It's all the same. Connections are connections. Mm-hmm. But you know, one I guess I do have a, a a recommendation that I I've done for myself, and I really feel has been super impactful for me. And you know, if you if you really truly want to be intentional and deliberate about your social media use for business, which I yeah. hope you know that that's, that seems logical to me. What I decided to do is I um, I did something where I can still use social media as much as I want, as often as I want, as long as I want. It's just a little bit less convenient. So what I've decided for myself is that I've deleted all social media from my phone, but instead I only use it from a laptop or a desktop computer. That way I do have to be much more intentional and deliberate with my use. And I can still do all the same things I can do on my phone. Um, it just means though that I'm you know, having to go to a computer and it's purposefully less convenient because then I have to be more deliberate to use it. Oh, Rob, you're going to send a lot of people into therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't even scroll that much, but I'm thinking, oh my God, delete it from my phone. What am I going to do when I'm standing in the line at Trader Joe's? Like, uh, maybe, you, uh, well, here's another, here's an interim solution that's not as extreme, right? Because I get that oh, that's, that might be not be for everyone, but here's another one. Here's another one. So okay. instead of having all your social media on your, your home screen, like the fir- very first screen of apps when you open up your phone, 
what you can do is move them all to the very, very last screen of apps. And so now they're still on your phone, but you have to scroll a bunch to get to them. So now again, you have to be much more deliberate to use them and you can still access them. You can still use them. It's a good, good compromise. Oh, by the way, I got to get this in. This woman, she calls you Mr. Rob. Keep in mind, she's 85 years old. I love it. She said, (laughs) I want to know, I really want to know how Mr. Rob thinks technology can make my life easier instead of harder. Because right now, Mm. it's way more difficult. Yeah. She's 85. Uh, Yeah. Um, Well, I do think for somebody, especially who's 85, I do think that staying connected with people, uh, you know, even through social media is a good use of technology and that that could make her life easier or better, let's say, not not necessarily only easier, but better as well, right? Um, But, you know, I I do think that you, like any person has to be willing to embrace technology and what it can do for you. Because if you don't like technology, maybe it doesn't make your life better. I mean, that one of the things that I really try to help people with is, you know, you have to assess for you what's good for you, right? Like maybe something for me that works well, like for instance, so deleting social media off my phone, but for yeah. you, it doesn't work well. And that's fine. Like there's nothing, my, my way isn't right. And your way isn't right. It's it, so what I encourage people to do is to be their own experiment and try a bunch of different things and see what works for them. Over the so I um one of the reasons that I like sharing this information with people is I have ADHD and so it's very easy for me to get distracted and not focus right and what I've done over the last four years is I've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of experiments on myself on the ways that I can use technology differently to help me focus and get more stuff done and I've you know through many hundred times of trial and error I've found the ways that. I really think can benefit most people. And so if someone with ADHD can focus and you, you know, use these techniques to accomplish more stuff, I'm very confident that a non-ADHD person would be even better off than me. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. All right. So then I'm going to lead to this next question. This young man wants to know, ask Mr. I'm going to call Rob, Mr. Listen, I'm still <laughs> staying with the woman's name, Mr. Rob. Ask Rob. Who is his ideal client? Is it a company that he works with or individuals? Yeah, well, I so the the main the main offering that I help people with is to transition companies from a five day work week to a four day work week with no loss in productivity or profitability. And when I say a four day work week, I mean four eight hour days, not four ten hour days. So every single person in the company does get a full day of time back, including the management team and the ownership. Um, you know, ideally I would work with, hold a full on, com- hold on, yeah, you okay. go in and if you say to the company, I'm going to get you to four days, not working 12 hour days. There's no trickery in there, right? It's just, I'm going to get you to this because it, they're used with technology, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So in my ideal world, I work with a company, but I've also worked with teams and individuals as well. You know, I, um, yeah. I have a, I have a woman who's a client of mine. She's running for governor of Colorado. So she's super busy. She came to me and she's like, I'm super overwhelmed with my campaign and all this stuff going on. You know, I, I, this is very hard for me to manage, which is not, you know, not surprising at all. Yeah. And so she took my initial client survey and I met with her for three hours and we did some pretty, drastic implementations, we'll say, but we measured her screen time on her phone. And 
What we found is that I was able to save her over 40 hours of screen time every single week, a whole work week's worth of time every week. And so if I can do, if I can help one person save 40 hours, I'm super confident I can help the average person save eight. Okay. So give us one thing that you told that woman who's running for governor of Colorado to do. Yeah. So um, one very simple thing you can do, it literally takes 10 seconds, is um, if you have an iPhone, you can go into settings and there's a setting called raise to wake. Uh, and there's also a similar one in Android. It's just titled something a little bit differently. But basically, by default, this uh, this setting is on. And what that means is that when it's on, when you physically move your phone, it turns on the display and this does two things. One, it wastes your battery life. But two, the other thing is then when you physically move your phone, the display turns on. And of course, your eyes just automatically go to the display because it's something bright, you know, and are, yeah, we're attracted yeah. to bright stimuli. And so then, you're, then you get sucked in your phone, right? So when you disable Raise to Wake, you shut it off. Not only does it save you battery life, but it, it um, helps you, you know, not get sucked into your phone nearly as often. And uh, like, for instance, when I uh, enable or disable, excuse me, when I disabled that on my phone, it saved me almost two hours of screen time every week, which like, that's a lot. That's a lot of time for a one lot. setting. Yeah. All right. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but backing up, you go in, whether it's a company or an individual or a team. You see what they're doing right now, and then you help them figure out ways using the technology that they don't have to work as hard or long. Is that your main thing? I don't, I wouldn't characterize it as they don't have to work as hard. I, you still have to work the same, you know, work, accomplish the same amount of stuff, but you can do it in less time. And then you get to take okay. that time that you save and spend it with your family or travel or do whatever. So it's t- it's more like I'm going to save you hours in your day and your week. Yeah, totally. Wow. Hours, but more, more importantly, another thing that I don't think people realize is I truly believe that not all, but a lot of the modern day stress that we have is caused by technology. And so not only, you know, that client that I was talking about that I saved 40 hours, she said, mm-hmm. I feel so much better after, you know, doing this stuff and I'm just, I'm like more relaxed, I'm more calm and people just don't realize that this is happening to them on a day to day and sometimes minute to minute basis. They're, they're getting stressed out by how they're using technology. And so by reassessing some of those habits and behaviors, you can not only save time, but be way less stressed and more present and, you know, be much more relaxed and enjoy your life even more. Do you, you, um, this, this young woman said she time blocks, meaning she only answers her emails at a certain time or texts, And she finds out that that saves her time. Do you do any time blocking where I don't just, which I see people do all the time. The phone lights up and they answer the email and texting immediately. And I know for me, sometimes it throws me out of what I'm doing. Totally. I mean, uh, I I 100% believe that time blocking is absolutely one of the most impactful things that any person can do for their productivity. I absolutely. Yeah. Um, So kudos to your listener. Um, And I, you know, that's a big part of what I help people do is essentially time block uh, really as many things as possible for themselves. Um, Now, a lot of people say, well, Rob, how do you, you know, how can I only check email once a day? I'm going to miss something, right? You know, like I might miss an important email from a client or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And what the real, the real reason of that answer is this. 
almost every company that I talk to or work with ha- has not uh, communicated guidelines or standards of communication in a written form. So basically, if there's no written communication guidelines, what that does is that forces employees and clients to guess how and when and how much to communicate. And all this guessing does two things. One, it greatly uh, duplicates efforts and wastes a lot of time. But the second thing is, it's very stressful because if you're always just guessing how and when and how much to communicate, it, it, you know, it, and, and induces a lot of anxiety in people. And so by having clear communication standards or guidelines that you, you know, write, you know, put down in writing and then communicate with your uh, employees and clients, yeah. it dramatically changes how they can do their job. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> this guy says, can Rob come tell my boss? Because, and I, I get this a lot too. <laughs> they said, you know, so I did the time blocking. I don't answer it. And if he doesn't answer his boss within an hour, he'll not only email, text him, but he'll go to the instant messenger on oh, Facebook Jesus. and Instagram and LinkedIn. Really? And so that's a problem. Do you know what I mean? Because you're always getting like, I need an answer right now. And he said, it's causing me so I mean, anxiety. I understand that. Yeah. Like that I have to be checking all them. Is oh, there a totally. solution? Is there a solution? Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, here's a very simple solution, right? And and again, like, you know, you can, uh, there's many different ways to implement this. I'm not saying that what I'm about to tell you is exactly the right way, but some version of this, right? So Mm -hmm. what you could say to your employees is the following. Uh, We expect that all external communications with clients will be done via email, and we expect all emails to be answered within 24 business hours. We expect all internal communication will be done via Slack, let's say, and that all Slack messages will be returned within two business hours. If there's something that requires more urgency than two hour, a two-hour time frame, we uh, expect people to call each other on via Slack, let's say a Slack huddle, ah. right? And so then, so, so you see how there's different ways to communicate for different levels of urgency. And if that was communicated to all the employees, now your 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 listener who you know is being berated by his boss on Messenger, what he what would have happened if he would have you know had these clear standards is he would have received a phone call from his boss, knowing gotcha. that hey, like I have to return this phone call as soon as possible. But if if that uh, standard isn't you know communicated, then he basically has to treat uh, checking his email and Slack and instant messages like the urgency of a phone call, which to me is not, that's not sustainable. Oh, yeah. It's, it, it, you go crazy. Okay. For those who don't know, and I've heard of it, but I'm not that familiar with it. What is Slack? So Slack is an instant messaging tool um, that you can use to communicate via real time. And, you know, it's sort of like AOL instant messenger. If you, you know, use that in okay. the past or, yeah. but, but it's, it's, um, but a lot of people use it, you know, they're like always connected to it. And what happens is they're just being constantly interrupted by Slack and then they can't get their job done. Like this, yeah. this is happening yeah. to companies all around the world. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of my clients complain about that. And I'm, and I, that's why I was so excited to have you on and they wanted answers. They don't know that what to do about it. They feel as if it's expected of them. Right. And like you said, they would go, they, they asked me, and I don't know the answer to this. Is there something where you get a notice, whether it's on 
Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn so you don't have to check all those sites because literally people reach out on every different platform and they don't know how to say to the boss, this is not good. Well, that's, you know, I, I, I totally get that. And that is, I truly believe part of the problem today is we have so, so, so many ways to communicate and we don't need them all, right? We don't need 20 ways to communicate. We don't even need five ways to communicate. We really probably just need two or three at most. You're going to miss stuff if you do. You're going to miss it. Well, th that's the thing is, it, you know, to, to me, if, if like, let's say I'm an employee and I'm having a problem because... I'm, it's expected that I use 10 different channels to communicate. What I would do is I would go to my boss and say, hey, you know, are there ways that we could streamline this communication or direct communication to just two or three of these uh, methods of communication so that we don't have to be checking everything all the time? Because what people don't realize, and I'm sure the boss doesn't realize, is that, you know, when you spend an, an inordinate amount of time checking all these um, you know, methods, right. And yeah, that, yeah. that time added up is adds up to an insane amount of time. It's crazy. crazy. And so by, it sounds very counterintuitive, but by reducing the amount of ways that you can communicate and by reducing the amount of software you use in many instances, you actually can get more done. It's very, very counterintuitive. You know, uh, you're a keynote speaker, right? Are you still doing speaking engagements? Are you back out there yet? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I don't know people. When I reach out to people, the one thing I get this constantly, they say to me, oh my God, it's taking me so long to get back to people because I'm being bar bombarded. Like you said, on so many platforms, I miss stuff. And even the top leaders, I swear to you, Rob, it's true. They're not reading the entire email because they have so many ways they have to communicate and they're missing stuff. Mm-hmm. And there'll be like, I missed something that I, of somebody I really wanted to bring in, but I can't even get to it because of all the ways. So tell me that's what you're going in and helping people with. They said, tell me that's the way he's going in. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So one of the main things that I do for a company is help reduce email volume. And, you know, in, in, in uh, America, the average white collar worker sends and receives 126 emails per day. And so if you take just two minutes to process every email on average, that's almost exactly four hours of your day that you spend just on email. And so it's there's 126, many... 126. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And ahead. so, you know, no one wakes up and says, I'm really looking forward to checking my email today. Like, that's what I'm here to do. Oh, you know, no. like, but we, we, but we know, right. I'm not saying we can eliminate email. That's, it's not really possible, but you can greatly reduce the amount of email that you send and receive and still accomplish the same amount of stuff. It just takes some, you know, thinking outside the box and reconsidering how you're doing certain work. And wh what I see happening to a lot of people is instead of going into a day and saying and being very proactive and saying, okay, here's a game plan for me. I'm going to do these one, two, three things. Instead, almost every person, and I did this too, by the way, I, I absolutely did this. So this is how I know that, that people do it because I used to do it. People go into the day and the first thing they do is they check their email, right? And yes, then they get, absolutely. Sucked, they get sucked into the email vortex. And then it's, you know, three, four, five hours later, they come up for air and they realize, oh my God, I've just been basically checking my email and doing stuff in my email for the last five hours. And I actually, I haven't actually worked on those three things that are a priority today.
This is and so they're being very reactive to their email instead of being very proactive, which being proactive is very, you know, it's much more uh, allows you to create more value. Yeah, every day I and I, I I totally understand that because I had this thing like I have to get back to everyone within 24 hours. Like I whether it's just like, hey, I saw it, you know, I'll reply later. But when I do that first thing, I wasn't getting to my list of things like which I always have a word of what I like want to accomplish today, whether it's coming from if it's pure joy, financial freedom, power. And I focus on that word, Rob. And then from that, I put down with my bigger goal, what is it I want to do today? What is the things that are going to get me closer, for example, in my business to reaching pure joy and financial freedom? And that really helps me to stay on target for like, for example, with this new business I'm building, is it going to bring me pure joy and financial freedom? If it doesn't check those two things, I I don't do it, Mm -hmm. but I make sure, like you said, that I check off the priority, get me closer to that before I do the emails. And that, that really helps me, but I still, I still don't know how to get through them all. Well, the answer is you don't. I mean, you, you know, there's, there's no, no one, nothing is saying that you have to respond to everyone within 24 business hours. Yeah, well, I mean, I, that's, I have that in my head. Like I'm a bad business person unless I respond within 24 hours. I mean, I will, I will tell you this and, and I, I agree that this is extreme and I, I do not recommend something this extreme, but, um, I've went like an entire business week without checking my email. And I wasn't on vacation. I just didn't want to check it. And, you know, I will tell you that. And so I didn't have an out of office on. Oh, you I, did? Because I, I thought you were going to say out of the office, I'll be back. No, no, no. I, I just didn't check it. Right. Because I, I was like, I just, I actually like really hate checking email because I know how much is not good for you psychologically. And so I, I just purposefully avoided it. And to be honest, nothing bad happened. Nothing like not, you know, I'm not And once in a while, I, you know, if I delay and I don't check my email for a couple of days, you know, something minor happens, it's probably not ideal, but like, I've never like missed a big business deal or something like that because I didn't check my email. It's just, but people, everyone believes that that's going to happen and it doesn't, it just doesn't, but people believe that it will. Yeah. You know, you just gave me permission. I think I had that in my head from mentors from back in 1995, but there's a lot more. (laughs) Right. There's a lot of other things that have happened since then. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot more emails and there's a lot more coming at you. All right. So how can you do this? Because this is something, and it does affect me. I would say way more often than before, people won't read even the emails for people coming on as guests. Right. And then like, oh my God, it's today. Oh my God, I was supposed to send you that. So, because they're not reading, I had a guest last month that didn't realize she had signed up for a live interview. She oh. just didn't read it and assumed it like she was getting a link. And I was so nice and she was so high profile, Rob. I'm in the nicest way going, Well, did you see the previous email? Did you yeah. see? It? And it was like I kept resending it to say it's a 30 minute live. And you know, she said to me, and I, I get it. She's like, Sandy, do you know how many emails I get? I go, okay. I didn't know how to respond. Like, I get she gets a lot of emails, but also she right. was going live in 20 minutes. So what is the solution there? Because they're not reading emails. I tell people, be short, sweet, bullet point. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, so there's 
a bunch, you know, I, the answer to that question is there's many things, right? But I, where I would start is this. Um, I personally like the service called unroll.me. So if you just go to the website, unroll.me, okay. um, it, it, it allow like, here's what it will do. Um, it will, you connect it to your email. And by the way, okay. I would, you know, you want to make sure you disconnect it after you use the service. But you connect it to your email and then it somehow, I don't know how it does it, but it, it analyzes your inbox and knows every single uh, like subscription that you're subscribed to, like every newsletter, every this, that. And then after you connect it to your inbox, it shows you all the subscriptions you have. And then you can just one click uncheck and unsubscribe from any one of them. Oh my God, you just saved me. Oh, Unroll- it's amazing. Oh Unroll.me. Yeah. I'm going to so do that. That's huge. Yeah. So base. So instead of you know, because a lot of because wh- I really think that one of the main things that people need to do is just un- unsubscribe from almost everything, right? Yeah. Or alternatively, here's another alternative. If you really, really don't want to unsubscribe to everything, another thing you can do is create a filter. And what I've done is like, let's say there's a newsletter that I don't want to really read every time, but I do think it's valuable. I filter that. Uh, newsletter and I put it, I automatically put it in a folder called zero urgency. And so then it never hits my inbox. So I don't have to manage it, but it, and it gets filtered to my zero urgency folder. So like once a week I can look at that folder and be like, Oh, okay, here's the five newsletters that I think are interesting. I'll just briefly read them, whatever. And so it really eliminates managing all the newsletters, which is a huge pain, but it still allows me to access them and have them when I need them. So that to me, you know, it is a little bit of work to set up that filter for each newsletter. But, you know, if you did that for all of your newsletters, um, it really cleans up your inbox a ton, a ton. Rob, the world needs you. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm sitting Mm -hmm. here thinking, wait a minute, I know my listeners are going to benefit when this comes out. But even me, like I had no idea, like. Number one, I got permission not to answer within 24 hours. Two, I'm definitely doing the unroll. And three, the zero urgency. Oh, my God. It's crazy. All right. So let's go back to one thing because I know we're going to run out of time. You you mentioned and you said, well, I don't want to go to all the emails because I know it's not good for my psyche. What do you mean by that? Yeah. So I can kind of describe psychologically what happens when you check your email. And I, I really think this is helpful for people for people to understand. I'm so let's pretend it's uh, okay. It's Andy. So let's pretend it's Monday morning and you check your email. And you have 300 unread emails, right? Because it was mm-hmm. the weekend and you had a lot of people email you. Yeah. So you look at your inbox and let's say it's 9 a.m. and you have a 10 a.m. meeting, right? And so you really only have like an hour to, to, you know, to sort through 300 emails, right? Well, what's going to happen is you're going to, because you, you know, you're so like, then this is all subconscious. Like you're not saying this out loud, but kind of here's what happens psychologically. Your brain looks at this and says, oh my God, there's so many emails. There's 300 emails here. I only have an hour. There's no way I can possibly get through all these emails in an hour's time. That's that. And, and now I'm overwhelmed. And so when humans become overwhelmed, we uh, experience that as a loss of control. And having control is one of the main three main uh, needs that all human beings have. And so when we feel like there's a loss of control when we're overwhelmed, we interpret that as a threat. And when we interpret that there's a threat, 
our body activates this sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight system that helps keep us alive in a real threat. Like let's say if a saber tooth tiger attacked us, right? You know, 50,000 years ago when we were cavemen or cavewomen. So we check our email, we become overwhelmed. We interpret that as a, as a threat. Our body activates our sympathetic or, or the fight or flight nervous system, which isn't good because if you do that over and over, if you're constantly in fight or flight, um, adrenaline and cortisol are constantly being released. And that is putting your body in this very, very stressed out state, which I truly believe is the not all, but a lot of the root cause of why stress and anxiety are at an all time high Absolutely. in the world. It is, be- it is because technology is making us feel overwhelmed all the time with all the demands on the things that we need to do and is constantly reminding us of all these things that we have not finished. Every, in- every email in your inbox represents an unfinished task. And so when you think about that and how it becomes very overwhelming for anyone, right? Like I still get yeah. overwhelmed even though I know this. Yeah. Um, you can't really – it's very hard to avoid that feeling of overwhelm. And so, uh, that, you know, so what all this research shows is that people who check their email very often are report worse satisfaction with their jobs, lower performance, and are more stressed out. The more you check your email, the more, the worse all those metrics become. And so again, it seems very counterintuitive, but by checking your email less, you not only become less stressed, you perform at your job better and you like your job more. Rob. I'm going to make all my clients, it's going to be mandatory, listen to this interview and (laughs) recommend they bring you into their companies because I feel like I'm not getting through to them on this. So this is awesome. And I hate that we have to go, but this has been incredible. But before we wrap up, is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to get in besides we'll leave time for when they can find you? Yeah. Um, so, you know, this thought was, was so, you know, meaningful to my wife and I that we wanted to share this with people at our wedding. The amount of love, success, and happiness in this world are infinite. And so imagine how much love, success, and happiness we could all have together if we all decided to put humans first. Oh my God. Did you cry? Like, did you just cry? Did you have the whole people crying? We, it was, it was, it was a very touching moment for us, for sure. Yeah, that's beautiful. All right. Now, how can they find you? Where can they look you up? They're definitely going to want to bring you in. I just know it. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so people can find out more about my work on my website at humansfirst.us. And another thing that I just wanted to offer the listeners today, Sandy, is a free 30 minute technology mindfulness consultation call with me. So all people need to do to redeem that is just email me. My email address is rob, R-O-B, at humansfirst.us. And if you just mention this podcast in the subject line, I'm happy to um, set up a free 30-minute call to see how I could help you out. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. All right, my let's keep it real people. Come on. This was the bomb. You definitely are going to want to share this. I would say with somebody you know will need it. Everyone freaking needs it. Rob and I will really appreciate it if you did pass it around, like it, rate it. And you know what I'm going to say? Until next time, toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.